0: What is going on, you guys? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, hanging out, Um, watching and listening to me talk about sports, which is something that I love and something I love sports. I love talking about sports and I love that sometimes I get one person on Facebook to watch me talk about it and I get three people that download my episodes to listen to me talk about it. So thank you mom and dad. Thank you Mark and Deb. <clears throat> That's what parents and in-laws are for, you know? They support you no matter what. Uh thank God I'm not relying on this for income. But anyways, we're having fun. I in all seriousness, I am very glad to be here and I could I don't care if there's no viewers. I just love sports. I love talking about it, but it just makes it that much better when uh you have people to talk about it with and have a little bit of an audience maybe sometimes. Uh, so that's what we're doing here. <clears throat> this is uh, episode 86. Wow, we're coming up on 100, which is pretty wild. Uh, pretty crazy. But yeah, so what we're talking about tonight is basketball. And then basketball. And then we'll probably finish up with a little bit more uh, basketball. So obviously, if you've listened to this podcast at all in the past few weeks, you know that, A, the NBA is coming back at the end of the month, and it's a fish now, for sure, July 30th. We're getting some NBA basketball. Um, And then you also know that the past few weeks we've been going over the ESPN list that was released about a month and a half ago, which detailed uh, their opinion of what would be each NBA franchise's all-time starting five lineup. So we've been going division by division, kind of just going through them, analyzing it, diving into it a little bit, looking at some statistics, trying to gauge how their chemistry would work, all that kind of stuff, and then seeing if they all played each other, you know, kind of seeing who we thought uh, would win, who would be the best team. So we did that, um, and we finished up last week with the Pacific Division, and then I believe I said... It was going to be the Celtics coming out of the East. I believe I said it was going to be Celtics, 76ers, and then Lakers, Spurs, I believe is what I said. And then I said I think it's going to be Celtics, Lakers in the finals, and then I had Lakers as my pick for winning. And so what I decided to do, because I work from home and it's quarantine and I have nothing else to do, is I downloaded NBA 2K18 back onto my Xbox One, made, the room, made room for it, downloaded it, and yes, it's a two-and-a-half-year-old game that I downloaded, <clears throat> because that's the latest edition I have. Um, and I set up a simulation where I created basically a league, or a, yeah, a league, where it was every NBA team that they went over, which is every franchise, which is all the current teams plus the Supersonics out in the West. Um, So it's 31 teams total. And set it up so that each team had their starting five, and it was the player from that era. Uh, So, for instance, the Lakers had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from, like, the 70s and early 80s when he was playing for them, not the early 70s. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that guy was on the Bucs. Uh, so on and so forth. So <clears throat> I set that up. I gave them all their correct starting fives. I had to create a couple players, but I did them as accurately as I could based off of um, other games that those players were in, and I was created them based off of that. So they're as accurate as NBA 2K has made them previously or uh, since 2K18. Um, <clears throat> and then, um, doobie doo doo. Yeah. So then I also made it where I manually controlled every single team and their like rotation and their roster and their all that stuff. So I was the, G- the GM for all 31 teams as well. And so I made it where it was just the starting five who played, there was no rotation, there was no subs. It was just those five, um, so we weren't, you know, having teams rely on substitutes. And then I took fatigue entirely out of the game too, so that everyone had full energy the entire game. And in in between games, they never lost or gained any energy; it was just always energy level at a hundred. Um, <clears throat> what else? What else? Yeah, that was basically it. And then I just simmed. I didn't play myself any of the games. Um, I just simmed simulated all of the the entire regular season and postseason uh so yeah so without further ado let's hop into the final standings after the regular season for each uh conference i just i didn't do it by division i just did it by conference so it's just one through 15 in the east and then one through 16 in the west um because i figured that was just the best way to go through it. So we knew who was the best, who was the worst in each conference. So starting with the Eastern conference, some of this may surprise you. Some of it may not, but the number one seed coming out of the East is the Boston Celtics who finished with a 72 and 10 record. So they tied the, the bulls, uh, for the second best NBA record of all time. Um, Second seed is the Chicago Bulls with a 59-23 and 23 record. So another very good record, but just a fun fact just right there. The Celtics were 13 games ahead of second place in the East. So that's just how dominant their starting five was. Uh, third, third seed or third place was the 76ers at 50-32. Fourth place was the Orlando Magic at 47-35. Fifth place was the Milwaukee Bucks at forty-two and forty. Uh, sixth place was the Detroit Pistons at forty and forty-two. Seventh place was the Toronto Raptors at thirty-eight and forty-four. Eighth place was the Brooklyn Nets, also at thirty-eight and forty-four. Ninth place was the Atlanta Hawks at thirty-seven and forty-five. Tenth place was the New York Knicks at thirty-six and forty-six. Surprisingly, in eleventh place was the Miami Heat at thirty-five and forty-seven. 12th place was the Indiana Pacers at 31 and 51. 13th place was the Washington Wizards at 30 and 52. 14th place was the Cleveland Cavaliers at 27 and 55, and in no surprise, 15th, last place in the Eastern Conference was the Charlotte Hornets also at 27 and 55. Um <clears throat> and then for the Western Conference, the one seed, and this is I'm not making this up, this is real. This is what happened after the simulation. I had nothing to do with this. This is just how it went. First place out of the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings at 61 and 21. Second place, the Los Angeles Lakers at 56 and 26. Third place, the Utah Jazz at 55 and 27. Fourth place, the Golden State Warriors at 54 and 28. Fifth place, the Golden St- uh, the San Antonio Spurs at 50 and 32. Sixth place, the Seattle Supersonics at forty-nine and thirty-three. Seventh place, the Los Angeles Clippers at forty-eight and thirty-four. Eighth place, the Denver Nuggets at forty and forty-two. Ninth place, the Minnesota Timberwolves at thirty-eight and forty-four. <clears throat> Surprisingly, tenth place, the Houston Rockets at thirty-six and forty-six. Eleventh place, the Portland Trailblazers at thirty-six and forty-seven. 12th place, the Oklahoma City Thunder at 35 and 20. 13th, the Memphis Grizzlies at 30 and 52. 14th place, the Phoenix Suns at 28 and 54. 15th place, the Dallas Mavericks at 26 and 56. And in 16th place, last place in the Western Conference, the New Orleans Pelicans at 24 and 58, with the overall worst record of the season. So again, That was after one full regular season of simulating. Um, The MVP was Larry Bird, who averaged 27.4 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 10.7 assists per game, and 2.5 steals per game. So pretty standard stat line for Larry Legend. Um, I was very curious to see who was going to come out on top because this, in some fashion, people could say was a way to determine who's the greatest basketball player of all time because it's just all the greatest basketball players of all time playing each other, so who's going to come out on top. And it was Larry Bird. And obviously, that's not real um, because it's a video game simulating, so it's just randomized and going off of uh, statistics and ratings within the game that the 2K developers decide themselves. Granted, um, there's a lot... So I'm thinking... Larry Bird was a 99. Uh, LeBron was a 99. Michael was a 99. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a 99. Wilt Chamberlain was a 99. Um, Magic Johnson, I think, was a 98. There's a couple of the 98s, and there's so obviously majority of the players were in, in the 90s of ratings. Um but yeah, so Larry Bird was the MVP overall. Defensive Player of the Year was Bill Russell, his teammate at 12, and he averaged twelve point six points a game, thirteen point two rebounds, four point one assists, one point nine steals, and three point eight blocks per game. So a very solid uh, stat line for Bill Russell. And then the most improved player was Serge Ibaka on the Thunder at twelve point seven points a game, two point ten point two rebounds, and two and a half blocks per game. So that was just um. That was fun. Uh, obviously, coach of the year was Brad Stevens, who coached the Celtics and won 72-10. Um, so, yeah, I, I obviously, just before we get into how the playoffs went, in terms of the regular season, <clears throat> I was shocked that the Sacramento Kings finished first and came out of the Western Conference um, in first place, out of the regular season. I thought that was pretty wild. I uh, was not expecting that. When I looked over their team, uh, when we went over them last week, I think I said that they were, like, fine. Um, I may have said that they may be underrated. I can't remember. Obviously, I'm saying that now, and I'm thinking that now. But, but again, just as a refresher, they had Oscar Robertson, Nate Archibald, uh, Peja, Soyakovic, uh, Chris Weber, and Jerry Lucas as their starting lineup. So, essentially, two point guards, a small forward, and two power forwards. Um <clears throat> But obviously I think part of the reason they did so well in the simulation is because it is again, a video game going off the of statistics. So you had Oscar Robinson, who I think was a 98 um, and is one of the best point cards in the game and just of all time. Uh, Nate Archibald, who was like a 92 or 93, who is another stellar point guard and really good score. Uh, Paja, who is just lights out from three um, Chris Weber, who not to take anything away from him because he was an incredible player but when I watched, I watched a bunch of the games as they simulated and watching Chris Weber, it was just like in his stat line for the season two, it was just like pretty incredible. Um, they re- he really was like a quality all around two way player. Um, which again, he is, I think it was just like the video game simulation aspect of it really accentu- accentuated. Accentuated. Ex- and emphasized it. I can't think of that word. It, emph- it really like, you know, kind of dramatized that a little bit, I guess you could even say. Um, and then Jerry Lucas was their uh, fifth, who was, like I said, a power forward as well. But he, I mean, and rightfully so, you know, he averaged like basically 20 and 20 during his time with the uh, Kings. And I think in the game, he averaged like 18 and 14. So made sense. Um, They were really cleaning up the boards there. But I think it was just having Oscar, uh, they really had the offense running through him and he kind of controlled the game. Um, And defensively, they were a good team too. So anyways, yeah, I was surprised. And I was really surprised that the Heat finished 11th place because they had had, uh, Tim Hardaway, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. uh, I think it was Alonzo Mourning and then Shaq. Um, so I guess maybe there were some issues there with Shaq and Alonzo. I unfortunately didn't get to see any of the Heat games because I you know, it takes a while to simulate it, so I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time watching all these games. Um But yeah, I was just surprised that the Heat couldn't even finish better than like the Knicks or the Hawks or the Nets even. The Nets finished eighth place, like they made the playoffs, and I was not expecting that at all. Um <clears throat> obviously you knew that the Hornets were gonna be at the very bottom. I knew they were gonna be garbage. Um, Cavs made sense to be at the bottom. Wizards, Pacers, that all made sense that they were kind of towards the bottom. Um, other surprises. I was kind of surprised to see the Mavericks at second to last place with the second to worst record in the NBA for it. Um, I thought they would have better chemistry. Uh, but I think having Derek Harper as their point guard really shot them in the foot. And they were a a small team, too. Um, so I guess it kind of makes sense, again, for the video game simulation part of it. The, the Rockets missing out in the playoffs was pretty wild with Hakeem and, like, James Harden and T Mac being on their team and everything. Um, but I think I watched a, a simulation game of theirs when they played the Spurs because I knew that was going to be a good game. Um, and Har- James Harden just ran the offense uh, on that team. Which, you know, isn't far from how I thought it would go. I did think that they were going to be overrated because I was like, they have really good players, but I don't think they're going to work as a team. And they didn't. Um, and <clears throat> it just seemed like Hakeem was like barely involved in the offense that much. Um, I mean, he still had a great stat line. I think he still averaged like 22 and 10 and like four blocks. Um but he just didn't seem to be as involved as I thought he could have been, uh, which again, it's a simulation. So who am I criticizing? Um, but it was just interesting. And then obviously the Spurs were really good, um, you know, with prime Timmy Duncan and prime David Robinson and George Gervin. It was just offense on offense on offense with stellar defense too. Really good ball movement, incredible rebounding. It was just like they were they were lights out. They were really good. Um, <clears throat> and then everything else kind of made sense with uh with how everything else kind of played out. Uh so without further ado, let's head into how the playoffs uh played out. So <clears throat> in the Eastern Conference in the first round, the 1 seed Celtics uh beat the 8th seed Nets 4 to 0, so they got the clean sweep there. Uh The fourth seed Magic beat the fifth seed Bucks four to two. The sixth seed Pistons beat the third seed 76ers, so the first upset, uh, and they won that series four to two. And then the Raptors, the seventh seed Raptors, beat the second seed Bulls uh, four to two, or no, four to three, sorry. Uh, That was, excuse me, a big surprise for me at least uh that that raptors team came out and beat the bulls like and just a reminder that bulls team was derrick rose michael jordan scotty pippen um dennis rodman and artist gilmore and obviously i said when i went over it i said this team isn't going to work well because d rose and michael jordan are not going to play well together Uh, But obviously in the video game, they don't really take that into consideration very much. So they obviously had the second best record in the East and, you know, finished very strongly. That being said, though, it seems like for whatever reason, didn't work out too well for them in the playoffs. So the Raptors ended up upsetting them. Um, So that was a huge upset. Um, And then in the West, the one seed Kings beat the eighth seed Nuggets four to three. Uh, the five-seed Spurs beat the four-seed Warriors 4-3, four to three, um, which is a slight upset, but did make sense just with how that Spurs team was playing, and especially when you match them up against the Warriors. They're just way too big for them. Um, the three-seed Jazz beat the sixth-seed Supersonics 4-1. to one. And then the seventh-seed Clippers beat the two-seed Lakers 4-1. to one. That was probably the biggest surprise-slash-upset probably of this simulation, in my opinion. Um, Obviously, it was very surprising for the Kings to come out as the one seed from the West, but it was even more so surprising that the Clippers, who were the seventh seed, kind of demolished the Lakers 4-1 to in the playoffs. Um, So that was pretty incredible. That was really surprising. Um, Second round of the playoffs... In the West, the one seed Kings beat the five seed Spurs four to one. So they just handled them, which I was really surprised about. I figured they would win uh, just because it seemed like for whatever reason, the simulation really liked that Kings team. Uh, But I wasn't expecting it to be four to one. I thought it'd go seven. And then the three seed Jazz uh, swept the seven seed Clippers four zero. So that ended the Clippers uh, Cinderella run real quick and then in the east the the 1 seed Celtics beat the 4 seed Magic 4 to 1 and the 7 seed Raptors beat the 6 seed Pistons 4 to 2 so there you go with those Raptors again their Cinderella story still alive and well uh still coming out swinging <clears throat> so then in the Eastern Conference Finals the 1 seed Celtics eventually were able to take the 7 seed Raptors out and end that Cinderella story 4 to 1 and the one seed Kings continued their domination by beating the three seed Jazz four to two. So, in the finals, the NBA Finals of the simulation, representing the Eastern Conference, we have the Celtics, the number one seed, which made sense. Uh, and coming out of the West, the one seed was the Kings. Um, so, pretty, uh, pretty surprising. So, yeah, overall, not surprising at all for the Celtics to have made it, and I mean, they went what, let's see. Four and oh, eight and one. 12 and one. They went 12 and one going into the uh, finals, so understandable. Um, <clears throat> so yes and then in the finals, the one seed. Celtics were able to claim the throne by beating the one-seed Kings 4-2 to two in the NBA Finals. So there you have it. The Boston Celtics won the NBA Finals. They won the simulation. Larry Bird was the regular season MVP and the finals MVP. Um, so there you go. According to NBA 2K18 simulation, the Boston Celtics have the greatest all-time starting five lineup. Pretty wild, which I did predict. I think a lot of and John predicted that as well when he was on the podcast talking about this. Um, I think a lot of people listening and just who would look at this would also think and feel the same way because it's the Boston Celtics. They already have the most titles of all time. And then when you have Bob Cousy, John Havlicek, Paul Pierce, Larry Bird, and Bill Russell all playing together, that's a pretty unstoppable Team of five players, uh, and they showed that they were unstoppable. They went sixteen and three in the playoffs altogether in the postseason. That's pretty incredible. Um, one of the better postseason runs you could put together. Um, I think at the end of the day, their <clears throat> defense was just too good for the Kings. I watched. Um, I watched games one and six of the series all the way through. So I watched two full NBA games worth of the finals on this simulation for this exercise, for this activity. Um, And from what I could see, it was just a lot of, you know, Bill Russell just denying everything at the rim. Um, And... Havlicek was just way taller than Archibald, Nate Archibald, so that was a pretty big shutdown. Um Chris Weber and Larry Bird was a great matchup. Um and then Page on Paul Pierce was a little rough. Paul Pierce was kind of able to hold his own on offense. Um Peja wasn't, you know, known for being a great defender. Um, so I think that's just kind of some keys that help them win, but yeah, so there you go. That's kind of the, the wrap up finale, um, tie a bow on the present gift wrapping of that activity. Um, which was a lot of fun for me. It's been like a month that we've been doing this uh, on the podcast, kind of diving in and going through all these teams. I had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, this was a fun little activity. I loved doing the simulation too. I'll probably will do it again when two K twenty one comes out uh, in the fall. I'll be get, I'm probably going to be getting that game, um, and uh, I'll be playing that and probably do something like this again. But yeah, and it just it got me really really excited uh, for the restart of this current NBA season. So, speaking of which, the NBA season will be restarting for sure on July 30th. That is 29 days from recording, from right now. Um, And I am just so excited and also so nervous for it Um, because I am so I just I love basketball so much I'm so excited for it to be back and for us to get a conclusive finish to uh, this season and I'm just excited for live sports again and I think the playoffs I thought going into this season that the playoffs were going to be great anyway just how with how the league had been shook up a little bit and how everything was playing out throughout the regular season. Um, So yeah, I'm very excited to see how this all kind of goes down. Um, I am also, like I said, very nervous too, because as we've mentioned before, um, you know, it's, it's obviously been approved and agreed to, to have this restart and, you know, all the parameters and, everything that they're doing for it, you know, with it being in Orlando and they're kind of being a bubble there. Um, and just inviting back teams that are in playoff contention, you know, finishing the regular season out playing eight games and then doing the playoffs as normal, um, stuff like that. But there's been a, uh, a there's been a fair amount of players that have tested positive for coronavirus uh, in the past week. Um, I think four or five of which were all on the Brooklyn Nets too, which I guess does make sense because they're in that area, so the, and that was a hotbed when it came out. But like the cases in the tri-state area have gone down significantly and are now one of the better, safer, healthier places to be in the country right now. So for them to have still gotten the virus is a little concerning. Um, And then there's been a bunch of other players, obviously, like I said, who have, Nikola Jokic uh, was one of the people who tested positive. Um, So there's been a bunch of people who are testing positive for it. And it's very concerning just, for the safety, you know, of not only the players, but the coaching staff, the, um, the training staff, the, uh, you know, the executives of the league, all, everyone involved with going to Orlando for the restart of the season, uh, or resumption of the season. It's just concerning, you know, uh, which I think was always going to be a thing regardless of who or how many people did or did not, you know, test positive for the virus, uh, leading up to it. But, it is just, you know, concerning. Uh, especially if something does happen and people are testing positive while they're there, that's gonna be really concerning. Um, because again, they're in a bubble. Um, so we'll see how all that goes. I I hope for you know, health and safety for everyone involved. Um, and that, you know, this whole restart goes well because I know I know I'm include myself in saying I think a lot of people are just really excited and slightly desperate for something like this to, for something like an NBA restart, you know? Um, so, and I think they have been going about it probably the best that they can. I think there's a couple things they could have done better, like maybe not having it be in Orlando, <laughs> uh, just with how Florida, that's another concern, you know, just Florida's cases are rapidly going up every day. Um, so concerning for that, but That being said, it's happening. So um, there are some players who have already said that they won't be going, uh, like Davis Bertans of the Wizards. Um, Bradley Beal is undecided if he's going to go back. Uh, Avery Bradley and the Lakers will not be going. Trevor Ariza... My goodness, sorry. Excuse me. Trevor Ariza of the Portland Trailblazers will not be going. And then, like I said, um, there's a bunch of players on the Nets who tested positive this week for the virus, so they'll not be going. So that includes DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, Who else? I don't know if they mentioned by name who else tested positive, but I know that there's other... Nets players because I know it's like four or five Nets players who tested positive who will not be um, going to the restart. So the Nets are going to be looking at almost exclusively a second string lineup for their starting lineup to try to keep that seventh seed in the playoffs, which I doubt is going to happen at this point. Um, But yeah, it's just going to be very interesting, but to see who else decides to sit out and not return and who decides to to, you know, make the return as well as, uh, the substitutes that are going to be signing with the teams, because obviously with this being a, you know, risky restart for the NBA season, they've made very clear from day one that, um, if you're not comfortable, this is entirely voluntary. So if you're not comfortable coming back, you don't have to, and you won't be penalized. You won't be, uh, there will be no consequences. This is totally voluntary. Do what you want. And so players like, you know, a Davis Bertans on the Wizards hasn't tested positive. Um, so there's no health concern for him, but he's like, this is a contract here for me. So his contract runs out at the end of this year and he could very likely sign a big, lengthy, fat contract this summer. Um, and so it's smarter for him to basically kind of stay at where he's at now. Uh, in the eyes of the teams and you know GMs and scouts, as opposed to going back and potentially injuring himself and not being able to get himself a good deal um, or getting sick or something like that. But it's mostly injury concerns. So he won't be going back. Like I said, Trevor Reza is not going back. He's instead going to be uh, spending time with his family, uh, same as Avery Bradley. So those open roster spots um, need to be filled, obviously. So... You, know, you need to sign people off the waiver wire and stuff like that, um, as well as every team is permitted one extra substitute player um, to be included on their roster. So normally, NBA rosters consist of 15 players. Um, you can substitute any of them in and out for each other at any time, as many times as you want. But for this uh, specific case of restarting the NBA back in Orlando, the NBA decided to give one, every team one extra player Uh, Which I think, you know, is fine. Makes sense. Uh, Just as a little extra insurance for, you know, just the crazy circumstances that this is. Um, And so every team uh, I believe has until August 14th to sign those players to deals, Uh, which brings me to a point that was brought up um, by my dad the other day that he was asking about 10 day contracts Um, and if they will be a thing and how they'll be utilized for the restart. So, um, for those of you who may not be aware, just as a refresher, 10 day contracts in the NBA are essentially exactly what they sound like. It's a contract to play in the NBA for either 10 days or three regular season games, whichever lasts longer. Um, So it's typically 10 days, not the three games. But anyways, um, and it's usually a way for if you have an open roster slot towards the end of the season or you have one of your uh, players get injured and you're trying to figure out who you want to sign to be the replacement Um, or if you're trying to call someone up from the D-League and maybe send someone down from your current roster down to the D-League or G-League at this point, excuse me. Um, And you're trying to just figure out, you know, let's try a couple guys out and see how they work. You basically sign them to a 10-day contract. Um, And you can sign them for, I think, like the 10th of what the minimum salary is for the regular season. So essentially, every regular season, every new season in the NBA, there's they establish just based on the CBA and the uh, salary cap and everything for each team. They establish a minimum salary for every team. So obviously that's exactly what it it means exactly what it's called. Of anytime you sign someone, they have to at least sign for this much. Um, and so basically, when you sign them to a ten day contract, they take that minimum and you basically can sign to like a tenth of that um, at least. So it can, you can technically negotiate your contract, but it's usually there's, you don't really have much leverage cause you're getting signed to a 10 day contract. So you don't, you know, you don't really have that much say. Uh, but anyways, so all that being said, 10 day contracts are a thing in the NBA um, to basically just give teams the opportunity to work a couple players out in, in the, in the league. Or sometimes even if it's just like we have an empty slot in case someone gets injured or things go bad, We have someone we can rely on for the next 10 days to kind of, you know, fill space. Um, And so the question was, will these be a thing for the restart of the season uh, at the end of the month? And the short answer is, I don't know. And I tried, I researched a bunch today and I was looking, read a bunch of articles, did a bunch of different Googling and tried different keyword searches And I couldn't find anything regarding specific 10-day contracts. Will they or will they not be a thing for the restart of the season? Um, So unfortunately, I can't answer that question. But my assumption is yes. Because the fact that they're already giving every team an extra substitute, an extra player, basically, on their team, and they're allowing them up through the first two weeks of the, of the season coming back to sign that extra player. It seems like they're just trying to cultivate and create a way to allow the teams to be as free flowing and, um, you know, getting people involved as you can to basically just keep it as safe as possible. So God forbid one, two, three players on your team test positive for the virus and have to quarantine. You have backup and you're not having to rely on a team of 12 people. Um, so my assumption is that the 10-day contracts will be a thing. Um, but at the same time, they do usually only last through the regular season, I believe. And then I think once it gets into the playoffs, you can't sign them to 10-day contracts and you just have to sign them to like a contract for the season. So it would just be for that eight game stretch of the regular season that they're going to play at the beginning uh, before they get into the playoffs, you know, to finalize the playoff seating. So again, I don't know. I tried researching and I couldn't find anything about in the specific agreements, the CBA of the return of the NBA, if 10 day contracts will be a thing, but if they are, I think they will be extremely valuable and vital to every team to make use of them. Um, Because just like in a normal season, uh, it's a great way to work people out, see if someone's better, you know, to call them up. Um, it's good if you have an empty slot to give yourself an extra uh, body to be there in case something goes wrong. Um, so I think everything that makes a 10-day contract good and helpful to a team in a normal season is basically just amplified now that there's just a lot of, you know, health risks Um involved and with a lot of people also just voluntarily deciding I don't want to play the rest of the season. Um, it's too risky or I have other priorities, um, you know, th- through the summer. So I think they make a lot of sense and I think if they are a thing, we will be seeing those happen a lot. Um, and then that kind of leads into a article that I found in this research Uh, that I thought was interesting to kind of share and talk about a little bit, which basically details and talks about the transaction window for the NBA, which closed uh, last night, actually. So basically, last Tuesday at noon, excuse me, the transaction window opened, um, and basically this was their way to sign Claim and wave players um, to their roster. So, for instance, um, the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, basically agreed to a new long-term contract with um, I can't say his name, but his last name is Dort on the team, um, and he's been a two-way player. So he's kind of been going in and out of the G League um, for their roster, but now he is assigned. He is signed a f- official contract with the team so he's on the team for the remainder of the season and it's a long-term deal too so he'll be in the league on the roster for the foreseeable future which is great you love to see that um for those two-way players um and then as well like we saw today the deal was made official with JR Smith becoming the replacement player essentially for Avery Bradley on the Los Angeles Lakers um and I think the Clippers signed Joakim Noah. I'm not positive though, um, but yeah. So that's those are things to consider. Those are things that are going to be happening as well. Um, that will continue to be happening because again, the transaction window transaction window closed last night. So at this point, you can't signing you can't be signing any players to new deals um, long term wise. Again, I don't know if 10-day contracts are still things. thing. So if they are, I don't know if that applies here or not. But now, essentially, player uh, teams have until August 14th. Uh, I just looked it up in that article. It confirmed. August 14th is the last day that you can uh, sign your extra replacement player. Um, and then after that date you can still sign your replacement player, but at that point, they can't have any more than three years experience in the NBA. I have no clue where that rule came from and why that was decided or how that was decided or just I just don't really understand the point of that. But for whatever reason, they decided that after two weeks of the season coming back, if you haven't signed your 16th player to the team, you can't sign anyone who's been in the league more than three years. So it's just like, Bye-bye to all the veterans. It's just all new players for the rest of the season. I don't get it at all. Again, I don't know where that came from or why it was decided that way, but that's just how it is. That's what was decided. Um, So, yeah, so that's that. Um, But, yeah, overall... Big opportunity right now for a lot of teams to sign some players uh, who will make a big difference for the uh, rest of this season and the playoffs. I mean, again, J.R. Smith signing with the Lakers is huge. That's really important for them. He has the fifth most three-pointers of all time in the finals. Um, He's up there with the playoffs and regular season list as well. Um, I think he's going to be a great kind of shot of adrenaline for that team of just some new, fresh blood, but also a guy who's an experienced vet has a lot of experience in, you know, the finals and in the playoffs. Um and I think is going to be, you know, a good addition for that team. Obviously it's a bummer for Avery Bradley to not be there because he has a great defensive presence, but, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do uh to, you know, keep your roster full and do what you can to help your team win. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what other players um, get added to rosters over these next couple weeks before the season starts um, and who decides to kind of sit the season out and um, not return because we already know that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, and Spencer Dinwiddie are all not coming back for the Nets. Um, And I believe there was one or two other players, like I said, who tested positive for the virus, who probably at this point won't be able to return uh, to the uh, team. So that's almost a guaranteed uh, loss of a playoff spot for the Nets. And then for the Wizards, Davis Bertans, who's one of their better players, is sitting out. And Bradley Beal is now heavily considering sitting out as well. So if you have both of them gone from your team, That's the eighth seed in the playoffs. So that's Are are they the eighth seed or are they the ninth? They might be the ninth seed. Um, But either way, then that's almost another lost opportunity at the playoffs uh, for that team with those guys sitting it out as well. So those decisions are going to be huge in the coming weeks as well as players decide if they want to go back or not uh, to Orlando. But it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be... Exciting and nerve wracking, like I said, for me personally. Uh, just with like, what are these teams going to decide to do? Who is gonna, you know, come back? Who's gonna test positive? Because, you know, who knows if, you know, a week before the season starts, LeBron is like, I tested positive for the virus and now I have to quarantine for two weeks. You know, who knows what's going to happen? Um, so I just again, again, I just hope that everyone is able to stay healthy and safe, uh, not only leading up to the restart, but throughout the entire, uh, remainder of the season. Um, so yeah, but with, you know, all that being said, I'm very excited for the season to come back. I'm ready for, for live sports again. I'm ready for some basketball again in my life and a conclusive finish to the season. Um, and one other thing that I did want to talk about real quick here before we kind of start wrapping up, um, is that a lot of people in the media, and I say that specifically because they portray it as though players think this way, but it's not them at all. It's just the media saying this, being their classic negative pot-stirring selves, uh, are saying that this year the championship, the season, the winner should have an asterisk next to it. And I disagree with that, and every NBA player who's spoken up about that has disagreed as well. and think, if anything, it should be an asterisk for saying this was one of the hardest championships to win. Um, Adam Silver, the uh, chairman, not the chairman, the commissioner of the NBA, so cheesily put it as, it shouldn't be an asterisk, it should be a golden star. Which, just like, yikes, dude. Um, But yeah, so Austin Rivers was asked about it and quoted about it, and Giannis spoke about it, I think, today in an interview um, of just saying, like, no, like, this is not an easy or an asterisk, like, not real championship for whoever ends up winning it. This is a very much so... This was a really hard championship to win because you have these players who were in the middle of their regular season were then forced to take three and a half to four months off without really being able to train a by themselves, but b with their teammates basically at all that entire time. Um, so they're just basically coming off of three and a half months of vacation, but vacation being that they're just staying in their homes. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have basically like, you know, a week, I think maybe two, to get all that chemistry back and get your playbook back together and get everyone back into shape and shake the rust off. Um, And then battle through to the playoffs and finals. It's going to, it's, it's a tough thing to ask them to do. And I think a lot of people are just like, what are you talking about? Like, you just got to go on vacation for three and a half months. You should have a ton of energy and like be ready to go. And like, yeah, maybe like they'll be rested, but like, that doesn't mean that they're in shape that they've been able to work out um, and do their, you know, nutrition plans and their workout plans work out there with their trainers. They haven't been able to work out with their teammates or their coaches or staff at all. So it's kind of just like taking them all from vacation and then just throwing them onto a court and being like, all right, this is for the NBA championship, make it work. Um, so I agree with them in saying that if anything, this is going to be a much harder, uh, and well-fought championship, uh, more so than usual. um, and especially also with just all this black lives matter stuff going on, that's going to be occupying a lot of headspace for majority of these players too. Um, you know, where it's just going to be like, they're going to have to try to, you know, focus on, you know, the game and the NBA, but also making their voices heard and continuing to fight for social justice. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a lot. It's going to be a really tough, uh, gritty rest of the season. Um, uh, but I think it's going to, I think it's going to be good. I think it's good for a lot of these players and for a lot of fans for this to be coming back. Um, and for anyone who it's not good for, again, it's, it's voluntary and you do not have to go back and you can do what you think is best for yourself and for the people around you. So can't ask for much more than that. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for the NBA season. Um, let me know if you guys are excited for it to come back. If you're nervous, if you're excited, Also, let me know what you think of the results of the simulation for the all-time starting five uh, lineups. I thought it was very fun, so I'd be curious to see people's thoughts on that if they thought that's how it was going to end up. Um, You can do me a favor. You can follow this podcast on social media. That would be much appreciated. You can keep up with all my thoughts on sports, current events, and everything happening. Uh, Twitter is stwscast instagram and facebook or our sports talk with swag you can write an email to sports talk with swag at gmail.com um, and you know let me know your thoughts or topics you want me to cover or questions you want me to answer uh anything uh of that nature send it my way um you can find this uh, this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, leave a five star rating anywhere you can. I would appreciate uh, the feedback and let me know what you think of the show. But other than that, I want to thank you guys for listening and for hanging out with me. And I will see you in next in the next episode. Peace.